0: What is coming economically? We have a a fall economic statement, which, like I said a little earlier, ordinarily it might make your eyes roll, but this could be really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the rising interest rates, where inflation is at right now, I think there are a lot of people that are very conscious and aware of what's going on financially for them. So what what is this report going to mean for us as Canadians?
0: We'll have a chat with uh, economist Moshe Lander here in just a second. Let's get you set up with some background on this and looking ahead from Global's Abigail Beeman.
2: Dun, 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 dun. So I got two for $1.46. Greg Wetten is driven by deals. Another dairy price hike approved for February will affect his family with a little one who goes through a lot of it.
3: Our friends have kids, they know about this too, and they're like, have you loaded up on the yogurt? It's like, yeah, have <laughs> you loaded up on the yogurt?
2: We all know Canadians are fed up with inflation. When I go to pay, I'm often in shock to see what? There's no change being affected. And the the regular basic Canadian is getting kind of, sorry, screwed. Thursday, the federal government presents its fall economic update. Not a budget, but it can set the stage for the springs.
3: I think this is where the government has an opportunity to kind of say, okay, we hear you. We know there are vulnerable Canadians. If things get worse, you know, we might have, you know, certain measures um, available by budget time that could address some of these pressures.
2: The backdrop, many economists predict a looming R-word. We are
0: forecasting recession in the first half of 2023.
2: But don't expect the fiscal update to wield that blaring headline, careful not to make anxieties worse.
3: You never want to say that a
2: recession's coming.
3: coming. Uh, that in itself can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you have the government that's ringing the alarm bell saying we're doom and gloom, uh, that translates into anxiety.
2: Of course, Canadians are anxious, but the good news is the deficit has been shrinking.
3: They have to
0: try to find that balance of being shown to provide support and providing support to can- the most vulnerable Canadians, but at the same time, not exacerbating uh, the inflation.
2: Minister Freeland has always shown a sensitivity to where the sweet spot is, and I expect us to we'll find out in the fall economy.
3: This is a, an opportunity for the government to signal maybe a change in trajectory for the first time in a long time that says they're going to start to moderate the rate of, of growth and spending
2: of course potential cuts involve politics as well as policy and the trudeau liberals are no longer fresh with an eye on the next election Khan says for third term governments hope isn't enough canadians want results-oriented spending and outcomes abigail beeman global news ottawa
1: Yeah, I think we do want some results here when it comes to our finances. So uh, let's talk about what this really means for Canadians and what we can expect with our next guest, who is an economist and senior economics lecturer at Concordia University. Moshe Lander is joining us. Moshe, good morning. Thanks so much for being back with us.
3: I even heard my voice there in the montage. Wow. (laughs) I think I know some of those comments.
1: (laughs) That guy sounds super intelligent. He knows his stuff.
0: Uh, So... Oh, sorry, I cut you off there. But anyway, silliness aside, are we in trouble uh, heading into this? Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about what we might be hearing.
3: We're maybe a little constrained. How's that? I, I don't All think right. that we're in trouble. Um, we just came out of two years where we were talking about deficits of 350 billion dollars. So clearly, uh, when uh, the finance minister stands up today and says that the deficit is only going to be around 90 billion dollars. There's lots of room there if you needed to turn on the taps. The issue is, do you want to turn on the taps now? And given that we're not necessarily in a recession at this point, uh, given that the forecast is that it's going to happen in early 2023, maybe you want to save those arrows in your quiver for when you really need it Mm -hmm. rather than start uh, dropping spending right now, especially when that spending would probably be inflationary, and that's one of the big problems that we're facing right now
1: is is one of the big issues that this is something that's unexpected for Canadians because we we had conversations over the course of covid you know where there were so many different government relief programs that were coming out that on the other side of this we would have to pay for it in, in to a certain extent but i mean there are other factors at play that are causing the situation to be so tense for a, a lack of a better term so is it just the fact that we we were kind of unprepared to really see exactly what we'd be dealing with
3: Partly, but I think part of it too is that we're seeing uh, an economic phenomenon that happened 50 years ago. Usually when we see inflationary pressure build up in the economy, it's because of uh, excessive spending by consumers, excessive borrowing by uh, businesses and governments. And so usually a a little increase in the interest rate is enough to kind of make everybody remind themselves that uh, prudence is maybe the, the best option. Uh, But what we're seeing right now is that this inflation is coming from supply side pressures, right? It's climate change, it's natural disasters, it's Russian invasion of Ukraine, disruption to supply chains, COVID. Um, That type of situation is more reminiscent of the 1970s. And if we go back to the playbook back then, that doesn't apply 50 years later in the world economy that we have in front of us today. So it's, it's not necessarily that we're unprepared. It's more that we're at a loss of the old tricks for how to deal with this don't really work here. Uh, and so it, the government has to walk in a very delicate line that if they try and address one problem, they're going to make the other problem worse. And so it, it's, you know, Sophie's choice. Which which one are you going to choose?
0: You know what? I'm still I'm taking it back. You mentioned a couple of numbers there and, and uh, $350 billion deficit that was during COVID with all the programs and pulling out all the stops to help people get through it. And then to just ninety billion now—it's ninety billion dollars, which adds to the debt, which means you're paying interest rates on the debt. You're you're digging a bigger hole. I know that there is even even to talk about having some wiggle room in the spending side. It's it's an it's, is is this sustainable to keep racking up a ninety billion dollar deficit that just goes no. into the debt?
3: No, you're exactly right. It, it's not sustainable, and and that's exactly where the problem lies then, is that if you want to try and provide support to Canadians who are dealing with high inflation and possibly an economic slowdown, then you've got to say bye-bye to that $90 billion uh, deficit as being uh, the, the good old days, right? Uh, but if you try and rein in that $90 billion, uh, well, Canadians need help. And so if the government's putting their hands in their pockets saying, we don't have the capacity to help you, where's that going to come from? And that's that's why I'm saying that it's, it's this complete um, perfect storm of just what do you do at this point? Um, the, the $90 billion eventually has to come down, and it has to eventually lead to a balanced budget. But even for the finance minister to say today something like, we hope to balance the budget within the next decade, uh, mm-hmm. you may as well just say we hope to balance the budget within the next century. Like it, It's not <laughs> going to resonate with anybody, and it's certainly beyond... Uh, the limit of this parliament, uh, new government could have very different priorities. Uh, so it's not even something worth discussing at this point because uh, it just, it, it has no relevance.
1: So what about uh, a potential recession then, Moshe? Do we feel that we're headed towards that for sure?
3: Yeah, you know, the thing with the recession is that it's, it's a technical term, right? You know, two consecutive quarters of declining GDP. And so the best analogy I can give. You know, when you get off the QE2, Um, you go from, you know, 120 kilometers an hour down to 80 kilometers an hour, you're still cruising along. But man, it feels like you're really slow after going 120, right? So if the Canadian economy was growing really rapidly in the first part of this year, and it just grows by a little bit, it's like coming off the highway. And so, all right, it's not a recession, but it certainly feels like a slowdown. And I think that we're already there. So um, whether we enter into that technical feeling of a recession, I, I almost don't think it, it, it matters. It's it's right now. We've slowed down a lot, and we've slowed down below our trend over the last thirty years. Uh, so it, it, we're in the middle of bad times. It's just so how much worse is it?
1: And I love that analogy. I think that paints it in a really easy to grasp way for so many people. But when it comes to your day to day spending and purchases that you're going to make, what what does that then feel like for Canadians?
3: So you, when you mix it with high inflation, it's you really have to prioritize, and you have to have an honest discussion with everybody at the you know the dining room table. What is essential and what is not essential, uh, and the things that are not essential should be delayed and postponed. And that's a really difficult decision when people are heading into holiday season. They want to travel, they want to see their family, they want to be with their friends, they want to buy gifts and you know, how much of that is something that you have to do, how much of that is something that you just want to do? And Mm -hmm. if there's a way to pair those things back, it's not going to solve the inflation problem. It's not going to mitigate uh, an economic slowdown. But at least within your own micro life, uh, it's a way to try and at least survive and get onto the other side. And the the great thing with recessions is that when recessions end, the boom comes, and everybody in Alberta understands that well because that's the nature of our economy, mm-hmm. uh, but when the boom comes, that's when you can unleash a little bit and, and have some fun and, and make up for some lost time. But Moshe, I want it all and I want it now. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly what I think a lot of people are going to do, and that's what I'm saying. you gotta you got to have that real honest discussion. It, yeah. It's what is it that you want, what is it that you, you need, and if you can separate the two, uh, you can maybe find a way through the next 12 months, which are going to be uh, tough, but certainly not the depths of the recessions that we saw uh, in the early 90s or even the early part of this century.
0: Uh, great chatting with you this morning. Thanks so much for your time. Anytime.